This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi guys, and welcome to the very first episode of the Uni Therapy podcast Q&A. So every Monday we come out with a new episode and then every Wednesday we come out with a Q&A episode, a little shorter episode that is just aimed at answering some of the questions that you guys send me through my email. If you have a question that you want me to address, then you can send it to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. My name is spelled K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. I know that is not a normal way to spell Catherine, but if you're having trouble getting that out, K-T-H-R-Y-N. All right. So I want to thank you to the people that have sent in some messages. I would love to get to every single email, but I can't. And so I'm going to try my best to address a couple each week and hopefully yours gets in the mix somehow. So we're just going to dive in. I'm going to keep them anonymous just because I think a lot of the stuff is pretty vulnerable that you reach out and ask about, but I will try my hardest to let you know if I'm going to answer your question in the Q&A episode before it comes out so you make sure to hear it. Okay, so the first email. First off, I love your podcast so much. It has helped me teach the leadership course I teach in the Air Force. It has also helped me a lot in my own personal life. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you as well. My question is, what would you suggest for finding a therapist? Being military, you move around often in multiple states. Would you recommend the new online services that are coming out or try to find an in-person therapist? If you recommend only in-person, how do you ask prices, especially when on a budget and set up an initial appointment? And there's so much in this question and this email that I'm glad that you asked it the way you did because I get, I've actually gotten this a lot of how do I go about finding a therapist? It's easier than you think and also at the same time a little bit more challenging than you think, if that makes any sense. I want to address the part about in person or online. I don't know that much about programs like BetterHelp and stuff like that. I've heard people that have used them and have liked them. However, I don't know enough about them to endorse them. I think it's really cool that they're coming out with things that are easier to access than in-person therapy, especially with COVID and stuff like that. And people just not being able to meet in person. 
So I can't exactly give you a recommendation for that. I think my inclination is to always go and try to find somebody local that you can see in person if you want. And especially when things start to open back up more. Now, with that being said, how to go about finding a therapist in general. So I think the best thing to do is word of mouth. I think the best recommendations we get for anything are from people that have experienced them themselves. I know therapy can be kind of a scary thing to ask for and to ask for recommendations for, and it can seem kind of vulnerable. There is a website called Psychology Today that you can go on and you can search your area for people and you can look at them based on what their specialties are. That's always not the most reliable. I'm not even on Psychology Today. And you can also just do a Google search and type in therapist in my area and see what comes up. And then I recommend going to their website, reading their about me and seeing if you gravitate or you relate to anything that they're saying. The truth is you're not going to jive with every therapist out there. There are plenty of people that wouldn't be a good fit for me based on what my specialties are and just based on my personality because your therapist is somebody that is going to be pretty close to you and you're going to want to go back to that person doesn't mean it needs to be somebody that you would want to be friends with because your therapist isn't essentially your friend but it needs to be somebody that you feel comfortable with and that you don't feel judges you and you feel understands you and a question I get a lot too is should I find a therapist that is closer to my age or older than me? Is it okay to have a therapist that's younger than me? And I don't think age really matters when it comes to therapy. I think you need to look at, are they able to understand the things that I'm talking about? I don't believe that your therapist has to have gone through exactly what you've been through, but they do need to be able to understand what that felt like or was like. So I don't think every therapist that works with eating disorders or addiction has to have struggled with that, but they have to have that ability to understand what that is because there's a piece of relatability in that, I think. And I know for me, self-disclosure is something that we talk a lot about in school. And what that means is like if the therapist is telling about their life to the client and there's a fine line of, are you doing that too much? Are you talking about yourself during too much during your client session? Or is what you're saying super going to be helpful and relatable? And I do use a healthy amount of self-disclosure because I think it helps to not feel alone in some of the stuff that we come to therapy for. And my current therapist, I went to her after I had gone through a really tough ending of our relationship. And I was just like crying every session for probably the first couple of months. But one of the earliest sessions, she's told me part of her story. And to me, I was like, oh my God, you went through that and you are a functioning, healthy, seemingly happy human being. I can do this. It is possible because in my head, it was never going to get better. I was never going to not feel like I felt. And so that gave me a lot of hope. And I was really happy she shared that. Did my therapist have to have gone through that to help me? No, but it was helpful. I guess what I'm saying is one word of mouth, ask people around you if they have somebody they recommend and then go online and just like try to get a feel for them. Also, it's okay to go to a therapy session and not like your therapist and not go back. I would be pretty careful of like, why are you not going back? And maybe you might want to give her a second chance or her or him a second chance, but it's okay to like, not like that therapist and find somebody else. I'll use me as an example. My current therapist, I had gone to a session 
before, like probably a couple of weeks before with somebody and I didn't feel connected to that person at all. And I'm a therapist, so I need an experienced therapist because I, I essentially know all the answers to the, some of the questions I show up with. So I need somebody with a really good bullshit meter, but I didn't go back to her and I found somebody else. And like, that's okay. And do not worry about hurting the therapist's feelings. We can take care of ourselves. And so you got to think about this is for you. And then the other part you say, if you recommend in person, how do you ask for prices, especially when on a budget and set up the initial appointment? So email somebody, email whoever the person is that you're looking to set up an appointment with. And you can just say like, hey, I just want to get some more information about your services and what you provide. I would like to know what your rate is. And if you want them to take your insurance, a lot of people don't take insurance. A little clue though, a little tip. You can get reimbursed based on your own insurance. Like this is not everybody, but check with your insurance company. Just because the therapist doesn't take insurance doesn't mean that you can't still submit it and be reimbursed yourself. So I can give my clients what is called a super bill. You have to be licensed to be able to do that. But I can give my clients a super bill and they submit that to their insurance and some of them get paid some of the their fees back. So when a therapist says, I don't take insurance, don't let that stop you there. If that's somebody you really want to see, call your insurance and see if you can get reimbursed and what you would need and then talk with that person to see if they could provide that. And then the next part is they don't take insurance and you can't get reimbursed and it's too expensive, it never, ever, ever hurts to ask if they have sliding scale spots open. So a sliding scale is a spot that a therapist will save for somebody who can't afford your full rate. And most therapists have at least one spot. Ask the person, do they have a sliding scale spot open? If they say no, you can say, okay, thank you. Can you let me know when a spot opens up? And a lot of people have waiting lists for their sliding scale as well. So one, insurance, check to see if you can be reimbursed. And then two, ask for a sliding scale spot. And then if you can't afford it, then there's other places that might offer less expensive options. There's a place I know in Nashville called the Refuge Center that is all income-based and they take your income and you get your rate based on that. And so if you're really struggling, you could go and see a therapist for like $20 a session, which is really, really inexpensive. Don't be afraid to ask about that stuff. We have to talk about that stuff all day long. So it's not offensive or awkward or weird for us to talk about money and and fees. And then to set up the appointment, you just email them and you say, hey, I would love to set up an appointment. Do you have any space? Here's my availability. You probably will go back and forth and you'll find a time and you'll set it up and it'll be great. I hope I answered that question. That was a very long-winded way to answer that. And good luck for who sent that question in and for anybody else who is out there on the trek looking for recommendations of their own. Okay, and then my second question, I recently started coaching CrossFit. I'm also recovering from an eating disorder. So now when I hear talk about nutrition, body image, and guilt around food, I really just want to scream. Now that I'm a coach, everybody thinks that I'm full of advice. When I get a question from an athlete outside of my scope, I make blanket statements of I'm not qualified to give out advice on that topic and then direct them towards someone who can. It doesn't seem like other coaches do that. I tried to voice my opinion on the matter and explain why, but every time it just seems like I get backlash and they just kind of throw it out like, oh, she's the baby coach and she doesn't really know what she's talking about. This isn't an environment I want for athletes. And if I'm preaching one message, but have five other coaches preaching another, that can be very confusing. How do you try to incorporate a new belief system in a culture that is so rigid in thinking? Oh my gosh, I love this. I love this question. So one, I love this because... She's mentioning that she is coaching CrossFit and she's recovering from an eating disorder. And I think a lot of us think that 
in our recovery, we can't do stuff like that. And we have to kind of take those things out of our lives. And that's just so not true. I became a fitness instructor host eating disorder and it was actually a really cool healing agent for me now you have to be really honest with yourself and you have to make sure you are being held accountable and not going and acting in old behaviors but it's something that it can be really empowering to take back control of in recovery and I love this question because I experienced a lot of this too and there's a couple things that come up for me one I've had to really come to terms with the fact I'm not going to be able to change everybody's mind and people usually for the most part accept help when they want to and that might be a different time than when we want them to accept help And so the only thing I can control is myself and the message that I spread and really being in check with, is this hurting my ego because people think that I'm not as smart or is this really hurting my heart because I'm scared that this information is being spread and it, it doesn't sit well and it's not right or a little bit of both. And yeah, I just want to first say that this is a tough spot to be in. I would definitely want to make sure that you feel safe in that environment and it's not a triggering environment for you because it's also okay if you need to go to a different place to coach if it's not safe and healthy and supportive of your recovery. That's okay. Not all gyms environments are environments that support the recovery process. And I know for me, I've had to send some letters to some gyms about some of their behavior and how they are putting a lot of my clients at risk and and damaging their health. I love that you are redirecting people when it's not your space to give advice because as a fitness trainer, you are not qualified to give nutrition advice. A dietitian is qualified to give nutrition advice, but it's totally out of a trainer's scope unless they are a registered dietitian to give somebody nutrition advice, especially when it comes to medical nutrition advice. That's really dangerous and you can get yourself in some muddy water and there's so many factors that you probably don't know about this human The other thing is there's not a one size fits all. And so when people are in in gyms and it's a very like, I think, harmless question to ask a trainer like, oh my gosh, what do you eat? Or what should I do about this? Or what should I eat if I want this result? It's very harmless. They're looking at you as the expert and it's our job to say, oh, I'm not the expert in that. But here's somebody who is. I think the best thing you can do if you feel like that's a place that you can continue to be in, right? If it doesn't feel like it's harmful to your recovery, the best thing you can do is continue to stay in your lane and lead by example. And I know for me in in the place where I, I was an instructor, I was one of the lead instructors there and I was able to make rules about things we could and could not say while teaching. And that was really helpful. And there wasn't a lot of pushback from it. I think that's the thing that I would want you to look more at is why am I getting so much pushback here? Because it might not be safe for me to be here if that's the case. And so lead by example, people are going to start to really take on that energy that you see. And I think the best thing that can happen is people see the positive changes you're helping people make in their lives. And they're going to look to you and say, oh my gosh, how are you doing that? I want to be more like that. And so again, lead by example, continue to stay in your lane. And I find that talking in those I statements when in environments where this topic is brought up is this doesn't feel right to me because in my experience, rather than telling other people they're doing things wrong. So encourage people by talking about your experience. Because a lot of times, if we haven't struggled with that kind of stuff, if we haven't struggled with eating disorder or exercise addiction, it's really confusing 
and it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not mainstream yet. And I think when we talk about our experience, people can, oh, oh my gosh, okay, I never would have thought of it that way. Rather than us saying, you're doing this wrong, this because when you do this, then people are automatically on the defense and they're automatically ready to tell you that they're not wrong. I love that you're standing firm in some of that stuff because I know how hard it can be when it seems like the majority group is not behind you. Well, guys, thank you for those questions. And remember, if you have a question yourself, you can send them to me, Catherine at youneedtherapypodcast.com. Follow me at at youneedtherapypodcast and at cat.defada. And you can visit us and learn more about us and shop our merch over at youneedtherapypodcast.com. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you again on Monday. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.